0: All right, why don't you go ahead and get your Bibles and turn over to Luke chapter number 10 tonight, Luke chapter number 10. Pastor preached along these lines um, just a couple weeks ago and um, read through this passage In uh, the life of Christ, we're going through in teen Sunday school class. And uh, I told them, I said, I think I'm going to try to get a a message from this uh, on uh, uh, Sunday school. And so I said, when I preach it, you guys can just take a nap because they already heard some of it. But uh, if you take a nap, I'll make fun of you. So don't do that. (laughs) All right, let's start in verse number 38. The Bible says, now when it came to pass as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Heavenly Father, again, we want to thank you for allowing us to be in church tonight. Pray you'd bless this time now as we open up the Word of God and give us clarity. And Father, I ask you to just feed these folks here tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Here in this passage, Pastor, like I said, he preached along the lines of Jesus' relationship uh, in reference to Martha. And I think I... I think I want to take another approach to this, just something very, very simple, very practical, uh, that um, in the day and age in which we live, uh, when it comes to the church, it seems to be, there's, it's not, I wouldn't call it confusion, but there's no lack of question uh, when it comes to this issue of the will of God. Right. And sometimes the will of God seems to be like this mystical thing. And and uh, I was talking with a couple other preachers uh, here recently. And uh, we had a uh, down at uh, Brother Sam, Brother uh, Sam's youth camp, Dr. Peacock's youth camp down in Florida. They had a little question box in the back of the uh, of the auditorium. And uh, they said that the majority of the questions that were placed in that box were in reference to how to find or how to do the will of God. And so really when we when we when we break that down it really equates to it really equates to what am i supposed to be doing in service for god right and so I mean Brother Cliff just talked about, it. he says, we, we have to pinch ourselves every day we wake up because we get a chance to serve the greatest master uh, that's ever that's ever uh, uh, come to the earth and have people follow him. amen. That's the truth. Yeah. And we do. we have a great God and we should serve him. Amen. Uh, but I just I would like to just take this passage and break this thing down and maybe take a little bit of pressure off, but at the same time apply a little bit more. Uh, if that would be applicable. But um, I just want to show you a couple things here uh, as it comes to us comparing and contrasting Martha and Mary and how they approach the Lord Jesus Christ. Because all of us need to approach the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in verse 38 that uh, He was received into their house. Now that's significant because we know that this is our tabernacle. We know that we are bought with a price, and we know that once we get saved, the Holy Spirit takes residency up inside of our bodies. And so now we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Holy Spirit resides within us, and He's the light. Uh, that we have inside of us. And uh, that the working of the Holy Spirit in our life is paramount. And we know that He'll never leave us nor forsake us because He lives within us. That's the promise that He gave us back in the book of John when He said, it's needful that I go away because if I don't go away, the Comforter will not come. And He says that He will be in you That's what he promised over there in the book of John. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, The Holy Spirit comes down in Acts chapter number 2. And now you and I are able to have access to the Father and access to the Lord Jesus Christ through the working of the Holy Spirit. And he's inside of each and every one of you. And you know what you had to do? What they did? Receive him. (laughs) You had to receive him. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can't serve the Lord Jesus Christ if you ain't saved. The Bible tells you that before you were saved, the Bible says you were free from righteousness. You ever think about that? You ever know somebody who's lost and they're just a really, really good person? Well, guess what? They couldn't do right if they wanted to. It's impossible. The Bible says without the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't do good. It's impossible. It's too far out of reach. You're too bad, right? Man in his best state is altogether vanity. His, all his good works are filthy rags. There's none good, no, not one. None righteous, no, not one. He doesn't have a lot of good things to say about man in, in, in his flesh, right? In his flesh dwelleth no good thing. And so if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can't serve God if you wanted to. I'm sorry, I listen to this. Oh, man, I, I don't know why I listen to certain things. It just makes me mad. Uh, but uh, I listen to this stupid Catholic priest. Um, uh, he was an exorcist. And, and I don't like I said, I don't know why I listen to this stuff, but I, for whatever reason, I listen to this thing. And this guy was talking about uh, how uh, he, he had the office of exorcism, and, and he was just butchering the Bible for 45 minutes in this interview that he had. And it was the most annoying thing that you could imagine. And he says, this is, a, this is my duty in the church, and the church, and the church, and the church, and the church. And I'm thinking, this guy is so lost. He thinks he's doing good. He, it's impossible for him to do good. He thinks that he's like some kind of spiritual plane because he's fighting off the powers of the devil by exercising them out of demonically possessed people. Well, guess what, buddy? You could have uh, exercised as many demons as you said you did in that stupid little podcast thing, and you still couldn't do good if you tried. Why? You're lost. You can't do good. You can't serve God if you're lost. And so we see here that they both received the Lord Jesus Christ. You see that in verse uh, number 39. It says, and she had a sister Mary. And look at what it says here. Which also. Okay, so that means that they both received him. But there's there's a stark difference between after they're saved, there's a stark difference between what Mary does and what Martha does. Okay, and the first thing about service that I'd like for you to understand is that a servant's heart must be established before service. A servant's heart has to be established before they can ever think about actually serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody ever heard that term? Oh, they've got a servant's heart, right? You just have a heart to serve. And I'm not making fun of that. I'm not making fun of that. But we think about it, and if we we dissect that, your heart has to be established with the Lord Jesus Christ before you can serve Him. Okay? And, 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 And what we see here is we see a difference in getting things out of order and getting things out of balance. Because the key to the Christian life, ladies and gentlemen, the key to the Christian life is doing things in order and doing things in balance. You want to know how to make a mess of your life? Do things out of order. Amen. You want to really make a mess of your Christian life? Try to serve God before your heart gets established. Amen. Now, I know this is weird because normally you go into a church and it's like, hey, what are you doing? What do you want to do? You want to do, I got a Sunday school class. I got this. We got this ministry over here. You want to volunteer here? For, volunteer for this. Volunteer for this. And, uh, you need to get You need to get busy. Now, this isn't stuff that you, that's, that's foreign to you guys. You've heard this kind of stuff preached before. But it's so blatantly uh, obvious here in this passage, it needs to be repeated. Martha, she comes, and the first thing that she does is she starts figuring out what's for dinner. Right? And Mary, the Bible tells us here that she is uh, also, she says, uh, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word. Listen, we have to always remember that stillness comes before service. Rest comes before work. Silence comes before sweat. And listening becomes before striving. You understand? Because, let's face it, you cannot give, or because that's what service is. Service is giving. Service is ministering to other people, okay? Service is giving out what you first received. So if you haven't first received something, then you cannot give out because you don't have anything to give out. Now, here's, here's, here's the illustration people give. They say, well, Paul, he gets saved, right? Acts chapter 9. Now, listen, I agree with all what I'm about to say, and it's good preaching, Okay? He said he gets saved, and the first thing out of his mouth, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Right? Now that's fine preaching. If you preach that, that's fine. I believe it. I would preach the same thing. But can we finish the testimony that he gives in Galatians 1? Because we get light on that conversation when we go into Galatians when he says, Listen, after I got saved, he says, I didn't just go out and start preaching. God said, yeah, I I like that, Paul, but why don't we just take a second to slow down because i got about three years I want to talk to you on the backside of this desert. I don't want you to say a word. I just want you to sit there with me and soak up what I'm about to give you because you ain't going to be able to give nothing out to nobody if I don't first give something to you. Amen. Amen? Listen, he had to establish his heart before he could ever start serving God. His desire was right in that he wanted to know what he was supposed to do. But God said, not so fast. We don't want to get the cart before the horse. We don't want to get you out of balance. We don't want to do this thing out of order. Because the Bible tells us in Corinthians that he says, let everything be done decently and in order. Right? Proverbs chapter 11 Verse 1 tells us that a false balance is an abomination of the Lord. Right? He doesn't want us to get out of balance. He doesn't want us to get out of order. And so he says, Paul, I know you want to serve me, but why don't we just slow down? Because we need to get your heart established first. You know what I find funny about that? He goes into Arabia, and you know, as he gives his testimony in Galatians chapter 1, and those of you that have been through the book of Galatians on Thursday night, you've already heard this. But he tells him, he says, he says, listen, I didn't, when I when I got that call and I got those revelations, I didn't confer with flesh and blood. That was me and the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And then he says, then I went to Jerusalem not to tell everybody what I heard, not to tell everybody the great revelations. He says, I spoke with Peter only and James the Lord's brother. What do you suppose they talked about? You think you think that, uh, you know that it wasn't about the revelations because he doesn't go back and tell them there until the council over in Jerusalem. That's Acts chapter 15. He goes over there in Acts chapter, was it uh, 11, 13, somewhere around there. He goes there and he looks out for Peter and he looks out for the Lord's brother. You want to know why he picked those two boys out? Because they were the closest to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, hey, listen, I've heard all that technical stuff out in the desert. The Lord's been showing me some things. I want to know him more personally I want to know what he was like when he was walking around James the Lord's brother what was he like when he was coming up what was it like when he was 12 years old talking to the doctors and lawyers man what was he like in the house did you wrestle with him like what did y'all do when you were growing up how did you guys play what was it like building stuff with your daddy can you tell me just some of those personal things about the Lord Jesus Christ that was what his heart was getting established with before he ever started his ministry It's really, really important that we understand that your heart has to be established between you and the Lord Jesus Christ before you ever worry about, what am I going to do for the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? A lot of people doing a lot of things. You say, why is it so important that my heart gets established before I serve? Point number two, very simple, hopefully very short tonight. Service doesn't produce a good heart. Service does not produce a good heart. Look with me, if you will, over here in verse number 40. The Bible gives us a little bit of insight to Martha, who was very quick to serve and not so quick to sit. And so in her haste to serve, we see the contents of her heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And she tells us everything we need to know about her heart in verse 40. Right? She says, But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou uh, thou care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. You know what we find out? we see that her service has stressed her out. Boy, she is running around like a chicken with her head cut off, and she is busy, and she's going over here, and she's doing this, and she's cleaning this, and she's got the oven, she's putting the stuff in the oven, and she's going back here to do the dishes while she's trying to do this, and she's got the stuffing over here, and she's trying to do this, and she's just bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, bong, and she's pulling her hair out. And every time she looks through that kitchen uh, uh, doorway there, she looks out in the living room and there's Jesus on the recliner and Mary's sitting there on the couch and she's just kind of enamored with the Lord and she's just sitting there looking at Him. And every time she sees Him, she looks at Him she gets more mad. And she goes back over and she checks on the turkey because it's not ham. That would be bad. And so she checks on the turkey and uh, she comes back and she looks over it. there. She starts doing some dishes and that thing just burns up inside of her boy. And she's looking over there and every time she goes back, she goes, what's Mary doing? What's Mary doing? What in the world is Mary doing? Amen. And she's stressed out. You wonder what I find a lot of Christians are? Yeah. Stressed out. Let me ask you this. Why are you so stressed out? You ever listen to people talk sometimes? Well, I got to do this, and 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 I just, oh, 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 and they're freaking out. Why are you freaking out? The Bible says my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Why are you so jacked up? <laughs> Maybe you've taken on more than you're supposed to take on because you thought it was really important to serve. It's a commendable thing. I'm not mad at you. But have you ever thought that maybe, just maybe, we've overburdened ourselves because for some reason we think that the service somehow buys us favor with the Lord? Folks, service don't buy you favor with God. I'm accepted in the Beloved whether I do anything or not. Now you see where this comes Back to bite us, right? Because again, what did I say at the beginning? It's about order and it's about balance. So you have two groups of thought, and they're both the extremes. You have these that sit on their blessed assurance and do absolutely nothing, and they say, I don't have to serve God, I'm accepted in the beloved. And I'm just trying to live my life. And I just, church is just something that I do occasionally. When I can, when it fits into my schedule, right? And then you have this frame of thought over here, which is I gotta be everything, everything. Anytime someone says, Hey, they need to do something, they need to volunteer, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, you're running around with your head cut off, and you got no time to sit. And over there, you got no time to serve. And you know where we're supposed to be? Right here. Right here. A willingness to serve, but an understanding that we also need to learn to sit and listen. Okay? And so, and so I was in Bible college with some guys, and um, they, were, they were crazy. They were maniacs. They were absolute bonkers, man. They was like, hey, Joe. Man, I was like a third year at the time. These guys were the first years they came in. They said, brother Joe, we want you to come preach at us at our house. I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's weird. I don't I don't want to do that. And they're like, "No, we're going to have a revival meeting at our house." And I'm like, "That's stupid." But I was like, "Why not? That's fun. I'll just get to go yell at some first-year students, you know?" So I literally I get they they rented they like probably five or six of them rented this house. They brought their friends over. And I walk in there and they have a pulpit set up and they got three couches and they're all sitting there with their Bibles like this. I'm like, you guys are nuts, man. <laughs> and so I preached at him. me. It was fun. I just, you know, I, pre- I didn't know any better, so I just did it anyways. And, you know, they came up and they said, Brother Joe, we're going to go pass out tracks down at the beach, man. We do it every Friday. We do it every Saturday. We're going to pass out tracks. And I went a couple times, and I'm like, man, I got to work on the weekends, man. This is rough. And then they come in and they said, Brother Joe, we're going to pray all night long. And I'm thinking, glory to God. Somebody needs to. (laughs) You know, the funny thing was is none of them had jobs. Right? None of them had to get up and go to work. So it's easy to pray all night if you ain't got to work the next morning. Right? And so they start looking at me like, oh, you don't want to pray with us all night? We thought you were spiritual. I was like, you were wrong. (laughs) You are so wrong. (laughs) I'm not spiritual at all. (laughs) I'm tired. That's what I am. Right? And so, And so... There's this, there's this extreme where it's like, we just got to be with God all the time. We got to do everything. But it's like, we also have responsibilities. Say, so what are you trying to say? Balance. Balance. That's all. <laughs> here's, here's, here's something funny. Uh, she's sitting there, and she's, and she's starting to get all stressed out. She's starting to get all worked up. And then you know what she does? She turns her eyes... On Mary, and now in the midst of her doing so much, she can only see how little everyone else is doing, and so now she has superiority complex. And we do the same thing, right? You all heard it. You know what is it? Eight to ten percent of the people in the church do you know ninety percent of the work or something like that, right? That's just that's just the statistic of it. And so sometimes, you know, what happens is, is you get yourself a little ministry or you do something and you start something in. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, look what I'm doing and so-and-so ain't doing anything. But that wasn't, that wasn't the reason you did it, right? <laughs> because service doesn't establish your heart. You know what that is? That's a bad heart. Because the Bible says if we compare ourselves among ourselves, we're not wise. So, why am I comparing myself with another brother or another sister who's not doing what I'm doing? Well, maybe God didn't tell them to do what you're doing. Or, or why are you doing what you're doing? She starts looking at Mary. She starts nitpicking Mary. And then she starts to assume, uh, she starts to assume, or she starts to wonder if the Lord even cares about her. She starts, to, she starts to question the Lord and what He's doing and what He's allowing her to do. So now we, 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 we take the ones that are not serving the way we are and are not doing the things that we're doing and then we now attribute the Lord Jesus Christ to them and we go, oh, how in the world? And now you start equating it to their spirituality. You say, "Oh, well, why, is, why, is, uh, why is the Lord, why is the Lord allow allow them to do that and not me?" Or somebody gets somebody uh, gets accolades, or somebody gets a an attaboy, and it's like, "Well, oh, they didn't know what I'm doing," right? And she says, "Lord, do you even care? Lord, do you care? We get that way. We get that way. Lord, do you even see what I'm doing?" We say, Lord, he's not just. (laughs) You see that? And then the worst thing happens. You know what the worst thing is? The last part of that verse, you know what she does? She has the audacity to start telling the Lord what to do. Hey, Lord, you need to tell her to get off her tail and come help me. Really? Really? Is that how I'm supposed to be doing things? Oh, I didn't know you were the Holy Spirit. I didn't know you were the one that knew exactly what everybody was supposed to do, when they were supposed to do it. I didn't know that you were now the one that's on the throne. I know I'm in your house, but we know who's really on the throne. Right? And so she starts telling the Lord what to do. And now it's like she cannot be appeased whatsoever. You know at that very moment, you know what the Lord could have done? He could have said, "Hey, uh, Martha, can I, anything I' do to help you?" "No. no. I don't need any help." <laughs> the Lord could have said, "I'll help you." And she'd have said, "No, I don't need it. I don't need your help. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine." Because what you find out is her heart is so far off what a servant's heart should be. Because she got the cart in front of the horse. And we know that she's really, really good at serving. She's got a talent. She's got a knack for it. She can see the needs of other people. She can see the, the, the details that some other people can't see. And those are great qualities. But without her heart being established first, she has a horrible attitude in her service. Folks, we're a church that brings in people, that ministers to people. You know what we do as a church? We see the needs of folks. We, we pray and we ask, Lord, show me how I can be a blessing to somebody. Lord, show me somebody's needs. And we have to make sure that if we're praying those prayers, and, we, and, we, and all in the name of service, all in the name of ministry, sometimes if we don't have our heart established, You know, we end up doing more damage as we try to help than if we did if we didn't help at all. Because help with a bad heart, it just pushes people away. Because it's really not about them. It was all about Martha. She wanted the recognition for what she was doing. She wanted the Lord to know that she was doing it by herself. She was a victim, and she wanted everyone in that house to know it wasn't about getting help. It was about her getting the accolades for what she was doing. And it shows how bad her heart was. You know what, folks? We need to make sure we got the right heart first. Right? We got to make sure we have the right heart first. You want to know what I think? I think here's Mary, and she's sitting down at the feet of Jesus Christ, right? And as she's sitting there, she's lapping up whatever the Lord gives her. She's just sitting there. And you know what? When the Lord is present, she's there. Let me say that again. When the Lord is present, she's sitting at His feet, hearing His Word. You want to know what? I'd be willing to bet, and it's not in the passage, but I can guarantee it almost. If I was a a Christian betting man, (laughs) when he's not around, she's probably serving Him. You want to know why? Because when he is around, she was sitting with him. And it's really, really hard if you're sitting with Jesus and listening to everything he's got to say when he's talking, it's really, really hard not to serve him because your heart's full. You see, service is a byproduct of a full heart. It's not how you fill your heart up. It's not how you establish your heart. Service is a byproduct of your heart being filled and your heart being tender and your heart being touched by the Lord Jesus Christ. We serve Him because of what He's done for us. We don't serve Him to show Him what we're doing for Him. And so Mary, it wasn't that she wasn't serving him. It was just she was sitting when she was supposed to be sitting. And Martha didn't get that. Finally, I want to say this. The last thing we see in the passage that gives us a little bit of help on this subject is that a good heart is more important than service. A good heart is more important than service. Let me show you here in verse 42. Uh, Martha does her thing in verse 40. Pick it up in 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. He doesn't cut her head off. He just says, you're really, really troubled. You are really, really careful. You're all all stressed out about a lot of things. And you know what he says? He says, but one thing, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I said that a good heart is more important than service. Mary, you're never told a bunch of stuff that she went out and did. You see what Martha does here. Pastor preached on her already. The Lord comes back and he goes to Martha to establish her. He's concerned about her because he knows that. He sees her deficiency. And he comes to her and tries to make sure that she's good. Hey, Martha, how are you doing? Has it clicked yet? (laughs) Right? But Mary the Bible says she chose the one thing that's really needful. And you say, why is that? Because if your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, if your service in the church is all linked to your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens when you can't serve anymore? Huh? You know how many people I've Ran into in my short, little ministry, that are so bitter because they can't do what they used to do. Amen. Can't preach anymore. Right, wife, wife gets sick, or or something happens, or they get they get uh, some kind of disease, and they no longer can do what they used to do. And man, used to be behind a pulpit all the time. You know what he's doing? He's watching service from his couch, or he's sitting in the back pew because he just. Just can't do it anymore. Right? How about I've I've met people that can't see and read. I know, listen, I know a preacher right now, a real good friend. Started a church, passionate a church, established that church, was in the ministry for over 60 years. Started the church in his basement. You know when the last times I heard that man preach? He was sitting at the pulpit with tears coming down his eye, holding his eye down because he had, he had muscle problems in his face and macular degeneration, trying to look through a big magnifying glass and a bright light while he's trying to preach to his congregation, just shaking like a leaf and tears rolling down his cheeks. He so said, what did he have to do? He had to give the church up. Couldn't serve him like he used to anymore. You know that guy used to read 40 pages a day And he cut it back on Sunday. He only read read 20 on Sunday because he had to preach and teach Sunday school. (laughs) You know what he did? He went to sleep and he had a Bible that he slept with. He lost his wife several, several several years ago. And he cried. And you know what? He put that, keep that Bible in his bed. Can't read it because he can't see it. So what do you do when you can't serve him like you used to? What do you do when you can't come to church anymore? Just find it, get, a little, get a little glimpse of that here in the last couple years, right? What happens when you can't sit in the pew? See, we think that service is the most important thing. It's not. He said there's one thing that's needful, and Mary chose it. Because He knew that if Mary spent the time and established her heart and sat at His feet, she knew and He knew That whatever came into Mary's life, she was going to be okay. Because her relationship with him was not based on her service. It was based on her just sitting at his feet. And I don't care if you're still breathing... I don't care what situation you're in in your life, what abilities or inabilities you have, you can always sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and let Him minister to you and listen to what He has to say and you can get through it. And all the days that you can't serve the way you thought you wanted to serve or the ways you could serve in the past, the Lord says, guess what? I'm still here. I'm still here. You know, we have some older folks. I think about Brother George. You know, Brother George loves this church. He does. He loves this church. And you know what? It kills him and he can't be here. But he's got a wife he's got to take care of. So let me ask you this. Is Brother George, uh, any, is, is, he, is he deficient with the Lord because he can't be here? No, he's not. You want to know I see him and uh, sometimes when I come in and, and he's walking Miss Linda around here and they're doing their laps and getting their donuts and all that kind of stuff. And he's happy. He says, you tell your, tell your kids I said hello. We love them kids. Wish we could be here. Man, I feel like that guy's praying for me every day. <laughs> right? Can't serve like he used to. But he can still sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ want to know why? Because there's only one thing that's needful. See, sometimes we get it mixed up. And so this, isn't, this message isn't a, a license to do nothing. But rather, it is an admonishment to do it in the right order and to do it in the right balance. Listen, young, we got a lot of young couples in here. You have little kids running around and everything else. You may not be able to do everything you wish you could do. You want to know why? Because your most important thing is taking care of your family and taking care of your kids. I remember several years ago, my wife, she's going to youth camp I, and, and have the kids, and, and she's sitting there bawling her eyes out. And I said, what's the matter? She said, I'm not doing nothing here. Little kids running around. She's not in the services. She's, she goes there for registration. The kids are going crazy. She's stressed to the max, everything else. And I said, you're doing a whole lot more than what you think. Because, man, there's some ladies watching you. There's some people watching you. You know? Amen, right. I go, I'll go preach somewhere or go do something. She, not, she doesn't go. <laughs> right? Not doing anything. No, she is. She is. But there's a time. There's a time and a place. And so sometimes you can't do what you want to do. But you can still sit at the Lord Jesus Christ's feet. You can still be right with Him doesn't mean you're wrong with God because you can't serve in some capacity you wish you could serve in. But then again, if all you do is come to church and just think you can get it through assimilation, just just mind numbness like, force it in me, please, right? There's a reason you don't do anything. It's because you're sitting there and guess what? All the stuff that you've been getting is turning stale and it's stagnant because you can't constantly get and not put out without it getting all rotten inside it's got to be a constant like flow right it's like storing up food right you you, you have a pantry and maybe you grow a garden you can some things you got you know you got some food there and you put it on a pantry you know what they always tell you they say you have to eat what you store and store what you eat you see that You eat what you store and you store what you eat. So you store that stuff, but you gotta, it has to come out too. You gotta take it off the shelf and eat it, and then you gotta prepare a meal with it and give it out. And then you gotta replenish it as you use it. And that's how to make sure that the stuff on the shelf doesn't go bad. And so. Folks, tonight I hope that this is a blessing. I, hope, I know we're not bringing it up to an altar call or anything like that, but may this just be a, a reminder because in the last several weeks I've had some folks uh, even ask in, in, in Bible class, you know, I just don't feel like I'm doing anything. Well, maybe that's Okay. Maybe you're not supposed to. Maybe you're supposed to just be sitting down. You're new to church. You're newly saved. You've got a family. You got just, you're just trying to get yourself established. Okay, then just relax. Right? And the Lord will open the door. As you're sitting at His feet, you know what He'll do? He'll show you what to do. And it'll be real easy. It'll be real evident. And boy, I'm telling you, it won't be hard. It won't be hard. I'm not saying it it can't get hard once you get established in the thing. Sure, I mean, it it does that in time. But you're going to know that that's what God wants you to do. All right? Don't just overburden yourself for no reason. All right, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for the illustration that we have in this passage, Lord, when it comes to service. I thank you for the folks in our church that are very willing to serve. Father, we have a church that, Lord, they they do so much, Lord, and and, uh, Father, I, I appreciate it. And it's a blessing to be a part of this church. And God, I ask, Lord, that uh, you'd help us to always make sure that our heart is right with you in our service. And Father, when people come in here, Lord, that they would see something different. And Father, they'd feel at home and they'd feel a genuine sense of camaraderie and love here. uh, Because, Lord, folks have been with you, uh, Lord, and they're serving you with the right heart. Lord, we love you and we ask that you bless the rest of this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll go ahead and take some prayer requests.